So let's go ahead and uh, get started. Uh, for those of you joining, thank you for jumping on another episode of Real Talk brought to you by Sunbit. My name is Adrian Valente and with me is Francisco Melendez, the service manager for Universal Hyundai. Uh, Francisco, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. It's definitely a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Francisco, you, you've been in the industry a long time, over 18 years, uh, but your love of working on cars uh, started when you were little, right? Working on cars with your uncle? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I started, man, uh, I can remember probably four or five years old, uh, bringing, the, bringing the wrench to my uncle back and forth, um, bringing all the tools that he needed, um, you know, eventually learn how to do the brakes, uh, how to torque the bolts and the head bolts and, and, you know, replace head gaskets. And, you know, before I knew it, I was 14 years old rebuilding engines with him uh, on the driveway. So, you know, I really, really grew a, a great interest in cars and, and it's not so much fixing the cars, but how happy the people were after we were able to fix the cars and, yeah, and then from there, it just, you know, it just took off and, and, and learned a whole bunch of other things along the way. But, yeah, everything started probably when I was four or five years old. Wow. And out of college, you started working at Pet Boys part-time, or you were in college when you started doing that. Um, but over the years, you've, you've been working for different OEMs like Honda, Nissan. Now you're at Hyundai. Um, and it sounds like before you became a service manager, you've pretty much had every other position in the book, right? <laughs> so, so now that all that's come together, you've been a manager now for, for quite a while. Um, we're happy to have you because today we're focusing on service advisors, you know, building the right team for your service drive. And, you know, in parts and service, advisors arguably make or break your team's success. They, they have the highest impact on the customer experience. And a lot of the dealership service centers we work with often differentiate themselves by the character of their people. And you know, that's why we're yeah. dedicating today's real talk to finding and training the right service advisors. So Francisco, I'm curious, you know, why is this topic so important? I think it's the, the key, it's the core for, for our fixed ops business. Uh, the service advisors are on the front line dealing with these customers day in, day out. Um, so yeah, like you said, they could either make or break the reputation of the dealership. Uh, the way they represent themselves, the way they represent the company, uh, the way they're just able to translate information between the technician and the advisor, uh, I think it's huge, you know, and along the years, we ran into a lot of advisors that rather they had experience or not, uh, they just come in to get a paycheck and go home and move on. And there's a lot of stuff behind that, that um, I believe service advisor is a career. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of components that needs to work together in order to be successful uh, as being a service advisor, right? It's not only sales, presentation, there's a lot of character and attitude that goes behind that, um, that can make a great advisor succeed. Uh, you know, when it comes to building teams, I think we all agree that it's it's difficult to do, but of the most importance for the success of any business, really, finding the right people. And, you know, you're a Sunbit partner. You've been with us for a while. And, um, you know, for those of you that, that don't know or are not Sunbit partners, we have um, this thing called the Sunbit Partner Portal. It lets all of our dealerships look at their own data for reporting and dashboards and all this cool stuff. So I mentioned that because prior to this, Francisco, I was poking around your partner portal 
and I noticed of all your advisors that use Sunbit, you have this one advisor, Juan, he crushes it. His numbers are crazy. Is he also, I know he's the top performing advisor with Sunbit, but in general, is he the top performing advisor for your service drive? I mean, certain metrics, I wouldn't say general as all around, uh, but especially with Sunbit, Adrian, um, he was the key component to, with our partnership with Sunbit. Um, he's the first one to buy into it. Um, he's the first one to, to create even his own process through it. And even when you guys came in and implemented uh, the Sunbit software in our tablets uh, and, you know, the process and, and how to make him feel comfortable presenting it to the customers, he was the first one that was asking even more questions that I was asking, right? And, and he was trying to ask questions about different scenarios and how do I do this? How do I do that? Uh, because a lot of advisors were afraid at the time uh, about presenting it. Um, they saw that another financial tool might be a little pushy uh, to present it. Uh, but once we learned, right, that the key is to present it early into the process, then Juan just, just took that over, you know, he took it over to the next level. There's no one single customer that comes to our service drive that sees one that he wouldn't have that conversation. Um, even if they come in for a recall, just warranty, uh, he presents that early into the process where on the back of their mind, the customer knows they have that option. You know, like they understand they don't have to pay for it fully today, even though they can but this just gives him another option. And the thing about Juan, he loves helping people. Um, so if there's anything else that we can offer for the customers to make sure their vehicle is safe, uh, you know, they might be taking the kids to school, uh, they might be traveling far to work, he's gonna make sure that, that he touch base with every single customer. Um, he presents that as another option. And at the same time, he's been just teaching the other guys on the service drive. Uh, I mean, as you, I'm sure you could also see on that report, some of the guys are also struggling. And uh, the guy they go to is Juan. Juan will be the guy that will show him um, his presentations, uh, the way he does it, they'll share ideas. And, you know, he, he even goes to the customer, he talks to them in front of them. He, he doesn't have any shame or, or, or he doesn't have any problems showing others, which is great. I mean, that's the culture that you want on any, any service drive is for the top performance. Uh, the top performer advisors to bring the ones that are the lowest, bring it back up. So that's really interesting. You know, it sounds like somebody like Juan really prides himself on the relationship he has with the customers. And when you look, and aside from Sun, but just in general, when you look at the top service advisors, your top performers, what makes them so successful on the service drive, in your opinion? I think mainly it's, it's the uh, paying attention to details. Um, you know, they gotta be organized. Um, I feel they truly gotta believe that they gotta help the customer. Um, you can, that's not something that I believe you can force. Uh, it's gotta be within your personality. You gotta be somebody that, that you're able to smile. Uh, you're able to, to, you know, show a, a positive body language when you're listening to the customer. Uh, you know, make sure that you gotta fix the customer first, not so much the car. We can always fix the car. We've been fixing the cars for years, but we got to make sure we fix that customer first. Um, and I, I think a lot of advisors lose that touch over the years uh, where they just move from car to car and, and they lose that, that key relationship that they got to have with every single customer to retain them. I mean, at the other day, uh, you know, you could, you could be great. You could sell 
a lot of products. I have a crazy great um, gross profit per repair order. But if you don't retain customers, you're not going to uh, increase your income. Simple as that. And, and you know, you're paying the attention to the details, to the process, being organized, have a clear goal of what is it that, that, that you want to reach, either as a team or individually. Uh, it's key for them to, to be successful on the job. Yeah. You know, when you have top performers with all of those traits, how do you package that up for the other advisors? You know, folks that might be more average or low performance. How do you package up those traits of the top performers and, and translate that for others? Well, I think first you have, you have to measure. You have to measure what is it that, right? So if you have a top performer, you need to identify what a top performer is. You got to make it very clear to, to all the advisors. And again, you got to measure that. So if you have somebody that might not be at that top level, then you need to identify what is it that they're struggling with. It could be something as simple as not understanding a specific metric, uh, or it could be something as simple as maybe we haven't trained them uh, properly in the process. Um, but I think it takes time. It's almost like building a culture. Uh, you got to make sure you train consistently with these advisors um, and then make sure you utilize your top performers. Um, we'll be surprised how many of them wants to show that leadership and they can definitely help others. But as a manager, you got to be able to identify that. You got to make sure you guide in the proper way so, so they can teach others, right? Like, like I did one day. I mean, I was always been an advisor. So, you know, when I got the manager position, I have to learn how to like teach him how to do the, the, the proper job and how to take care of the customers. And it sounds much easier than, than doing it. Um, you know, sometimes you, you don't paint the picture the way you have it in your head. And I believe it's, it just takes time and, and it's just, just like building anything else. But it, it mainly starts with the culture, you know, the expectations, um, and they got to know always, they always got to know if they're doing a good job or a bad job. Uh, most of the time we fail by giving them the proper feedback and they need to know at all times if they're doing a good job or a bad job. And, you know, we got to be there for them. So in terms of the feedback and as well as um, reviewing the goals and making sure you're on top of that with your advisors, how often are you meeting with your advisors to go over goals and feedback? Uh, weekly. Yeah, I, I sit down with them weekly. Some of them might be twice a week. Uh, it all depends on the plan, um, the goals, whatever they might be struggling with. Um, but yeah, I normally do one-on-one -on -one meetings and sit down with them. It could be a conversation of five, 10, 15 minutes. I just, just kind of want to know where their mindset is at, uh, what is it that they're working on currently, right? Rather is uh, a training career path that they're looking for from the manufacturer, um, what improvements they made, what questions they may have. Um, and a lot of times just, just we'll sit down to share ideas. Um, you know, sometimes they, they believe they're doing a great job at some things when they're not. And sometimes they believe they're, they're, they're really bad at some stuff that they really are shining on. Um, so that, that feedback of talking to them consistently, let them know exactly where they're at at all times and, and just show them little things to improve. It, it definitely goes a long way. Um, it's hard work. It takes a lot of dedication in the beginning because the more advisors you have, obviously the more personalities, the more time that you need to spend. Uh, but I mean, I'd rather spend that time in the beginning and coach them 
because after a few years, few months, they, they, they'll be more efficient and they can help you. They can help you to teach others on the service drive or caution. So when you're looking at hiring some new advisors, what, what are the traits or personality traits you're looking for when you're hiring a new advisor? I think they have, they got to have a great energy. Um, you know, they gotta have good positive energy, uh, language, uh, you know, as you're talking to them, just notice to see if they have, they're making eye contact with you or not. Uh, I often see a lot of advisors with experience and the customer is talking to them and they haven't looked at them once. I mean, what a way to start, you know, I mean, it is hard to build a relationship with a customer when they don't feel that, you know, the, the other person is listening to them. Um, customer might go on and on about uh, an issue they have with the car and the advisor just kind of writes what they believe is wrong with the car. I mean, it's, it's, it's you just got to look for somebody that, that's listening. Um, obviously, they represent well. They dress professionally. Uh, they're organized. And somebody that, that has a passion to, to get better, right? That they, they see the service advisor position as a career, not just a job to land on a dealership, get paid, and move on. Uh, we all know there's a lot of opportunities in our fixed operations business or industry. And, you know, these guys got to be, they got to have high energy. They got to smile. They got to be able to carry on a conversation with you. Uh, they got to be able to make the customer laugh. Uh, they got to kind of break that defense wall that the customers have once they show up to the service drive. So you, you, you're mainly looking for that great, happy, uh, energy, personality, you know? Yeah. So, so if you have like two candidates that you're looking to hire and, and one of them has a lot of experience as an advisor, but not the greatest personality, maybe has an attitude issue or something, but then you have another candidate who doesn't have any experience, but has the perfect personality and attitude you're looking for. Is the lack of experience a problem or can you work with people on that? Adrian, that's a great question. Um, because I, I've been learning this probably in the last couple of years or so. And, 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 you know, I started with the first candidate and over the time I learned that the candidate that has the best attitude, uh, that positive energy, uh, I'll rather probably go with that person. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of veteran advisors that have great attitude and these guys, you can talk to these guys for hours and, and, you know, it's just great energy. Uh, but at times we, we do see the ones that have been doing it for so long that they almost feel like they don't want to talk to people anymore, you know? Um, but somebody that has the right attitude, like you mentioned, it, it's key. Because, um, again, it's somebody that you can develop their skills, uh, something like a DMS software, uh, their tablet, uh, warranty guidelines, you know, the manufacturer guidelines. That stuff we can easily teach, right? A uh, few months uh, just make sure we get into a training room, show all the information, but training attitude, uh, training to have a positive energy. Uh, it could happen with the right culture, but I believe it will take longer. Um, because often I, I see where, where people with the wrong attitude, they just, you know, they, they don't accept change. They cannot adapt to change. And what bigger example of what we live in now, you know? I mean, most of these guys, they, they, they wouldn't make it through this because you gotta, you got to think outside the box nowadays. Uh, you got to find a way to make that business with the customer. we got the right sharing going on, right? Uh, we could do ballet, whatever it takes. 
we got to make sure we accommodate our business to the customer and, and, you know, somebody that's open-minded that way, uh, that has that go get it attitude will be the right candidate for, for a service advisor job. Yeah. And one of the things you were mentioning earlier was the importance of culture. I think you mentioned it a few times. So I'm kind of curious when it comes to culture, do you have anybody on your team who acts as more of a team captain to the rest? Do you have somebody like that? Yeah, I actually, um, so uh, I have two different groups on the service drive of advisors. And each, each one of those groups, they have that, that leader that, that has shown some, some leadership skills over the years. And they really own it. You know, it was, it was hard to identify at first uh, because they've been there for so long doing the same thing. Uh, but once we got into building my own culture, right, which is consistent training every week, uh, we got to make sure every process is written up. We got to make sure that everything is very clear for them. Like we mentioned before, make sure you have your expectations written and very clear. Once they understand that and, and they get past that change and they do well with the change and they actually, you know, they keep moving forward and forward and forward, those are the ones that I guess as a manager, you, you can utilize them to help you out. These guys will go around the service drive when they don't have anything to do. They help the other guys out. Uh, we might have it, might be having a discussion in the in the morning huddles in the morning, and these advisors will not have any problems for stepping in, uh, do a quick role play with me or somebody else, just to teach the other guys uh, to get better. I mean, it's some they 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 have a, a lot of pride into being the best team. And like I mentioned, like I mentioned to you before, we, we have a sister store. Uh, we compete with these guys all the time. It's about competition and these guys take it seriously. They want to be the best. And I mean, that's, like I said, that's, that's all I want. You want to be the best and you want to grow yourself within this career path as a service advisor. Uh, we're going to, we're going to show you the way. Oh man. I, I like hearing about the, uh, the competition within the group, you know, uh, with your sister dealership. Uh, you know, to shamelessly do a quick Sunbit plug, our partner portal for dealerships that are part of a group. I don't know if you knew this, but you can look at a group dashboard so you can see your dealership uh, compared to the other ones in the same group in case you ever want to compare Sunbit numbers. That's in there. Um, but I really like I that. It. I've done it all the time, trust me. I'm all over that. <laughs> I like it. And, you know, it's, it's healthy to have that because um, although they're competing, we're all in the same family, you know, when it comes to a dealership group like what you guys have. Um, you did mention something that was kind of interesting as we were talking about identifying team captains, people who can help mentor others, um, that it, it sounds like it can be hard to identify who those people are, especially if you've stepped into a manager position at a dealership with an already established team who's been there for a while. So, and I know we have a lot of managers on the line right now. Do you have any lessons learned or advice for how to help identify those people or better yet, how to incentivize people to step up to be leaders or captains. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's a combination. It will take time, especially if you come in to a store as a new manager or director, you got to, I mean, it's a lot of time that you have to spend just looking around. Um, how do these people talk to their customer? How do they interact with the technicians? How do they talk to the technicians? Right. Um, how do they talk to the parts people? What, what's the interaction with everybody that they work 
uh, with at the dealership. And at times you're going to find that person that is probably the most helpful to the dealership. Uh, you know, if you have a question, he'll be the first one there to go teach you. And, and obviously their performance is just, they, they listen, uh, they, they grow their skills as an advisor. They want to grow within the company, right? So they want to take my job or the next job. And I mean, that's, that's all you could ask for. I mean, somebody that has uh, that drive and that, that positive attitude is, he's going to go a long way in a dealership. Um, because it's, it's hard. I don't care. You know, it's just one manager and you have five, six or 20 advisors. It's an uphill battle if it's just yourself doing that. Um, you need you need to buy in from a few advisors, at least from the service drive. Make sure they believe in your culture, and then just leave it with you. You know, they got to leave it with you. It's, it's, it's either all in or, or we're out. Uh, you just got to make sure we, we, we understand that every day that we show up, we're ready for the customer, we prepare for them, and that, that we're ready for business. Uh, you know, it's a lot of mistakes that happen in this industry. It's a lot of stuff that... That you know, sometimes we drop the ball, but at the same time, we just got to recognize those mistakes and see how we can improve that uh, as a dealership. Rather, it's yeah. a, you know, it's a, it's a bad process, it's a certain employees, you know, what is it? So instead of, instead of having somebody point fingers all over the dealership or, or putting the blame on somebody else, these, these leaders are the ones that bring the issue to you and they'll bring it with ideas and solutions, you know? It's not just a complaint about, how the operations are or, or what could be better. It's just, they just bring you ideas. And at that time you can identify who those leaders are. And like I mentioned before, they can, they can definitely be very useful to, to show, to help you uh, to coach other guys uh, on the service drive or doing the morning huddles or, or just conversations during one-on-one while sharing ideas. So, you know, I love that we've been talking about top performers and leaders in the team who can become captains and mentors to others. But I'm also curious to talk about, you know, the, the, the low performers, you know, advisors that are maybe a little lower than average on their metrics. And I'm, I'm curious, have you had an experience where you turned a low performer into a top performer? And, you know, could you tell us what that journey was like? Yeah, I think uh, the last one probably was about, uh, I would say about three months ago. I had a couple of guys on the service drive that um, they were really struggling with some of the metrics that we were measuring, and they were just, they were just not getting there, you know, and, and we had a written process for them, and we coached, and we trained, and, and we went over this over and over again, and, and you know, we, we got their understanding, but they was just not doing it. Um, so at that time, I just, I just, I figured it was time to do a performance improvement plan, which is what I would do on those situations. And I just got to give it some time, you know, once, once you build that with them, you got to understand it's not just the manager. It has to be the manager with the advisor that you're trying to, to improve. You got to make sure that you have one-on-one meetings with these guys. Uh, they're probably going to happen more often than the other guys, but always over communicate. I mean, um, these guys, they got to know if they're doing a good job or a bad job uh, or anywhere in between, but you got to be able to communicate with them. Uh, make sure you have the metrics rather, you know, it's CSI, gross per repair order, effective labor rate, whatever it may be, make sure you got to have that, that those benchmarks written for them uh, individually per advisor. Cause any advisor could be different. And, 
just make sure you write it down. Make sure they understand how to get it. Uh, give them ideas. You know, make sure you review the process. Make sure they're 100% in it with you. And, you know, and commit, commit to the number. You know, if it's a certain benchmark, uh, just to throw a number, let's say 90% of whatever you're looking for, then you, you got to agree that you guys are both going to hit 90% in two months. And it's not just, again, it's key that the service manager will have to work with the advisor. Do not leave the advisor hanging by himself because I'm telling you it's going to be a long two months uh, for him to try to figure this out by himself. But, you know, just one-on-one, sit down with these guys, let them know what's going on, ideas, hey, next week you're doing a great job. You got to make sure you celebrate those big wins, right? So if you got three things uh, that the guys got to improve on and they hit just one of them, you know what, celebrate it. Now let's go after the other two. You don't already with one, let's go after the other two. You know, I just always have that attitude and, and help them. Make sure they don't feel by themselves, you're there with them. So you got to feel just as responsible as a service advisor to make sure they improve. And when it comes to motivating service advisors, you know, in, in my experience working on several service drives, I've noticed that some are driven by money, you know, they're monetarily driven. Some strive for recognition or moving up and others seem to be really committed to just customer service, serving their community. How do you as a service manager and director navigate and work with different motivators? Yeah, I think it's key. First, we got to identify them. Uh, again, during this one-on-one meeting, that's, that's really what you're looking for. Uh, you're trying to find out, uh, you know, what drives them. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something that, that drives them every day to go to work other than money. Because we can find another job that pays you money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have a passion for the job, rather, like you said, survey, uh, having a great quality repair order, uh, make sure you're not missing any documents. Uh, you just got to find that motivator factor. And each one of the guys with different personalities, everybody's all over the place. So, again, just coaching, uh, not just on the one-on-one meetings where it's just you and the advisor, but just coaching on the service drive. You know, as they're talking to the customer, what is it that, that really makes them happy? You could see a survey come in, and they talk specifically about a, an experience with a service advisor, and you can just see how happy it makes them. Um, some other guys, it might just be, they're the top performer uh, month after month, you know, and the month that they're second place, the whole world is falling apart on them, you know? Um, so it's just mainly, you got to identify it. And yeah. we got to talk to these guys a lot, a lot, a lot, and be consistent. Um, over-communicate. I think that's, there's, no, there's no such thing as, as, as communicating enough, I guess. You know, you got to over, over, over-communicate and make sure you understand what's, what's in this guy's mindset uh, what's going to go through their mind? Are uh, they having a bad day, a good day? Why are they having a good day or a bad day? Um, what is the stuff that drives them crazy? Uh, because just, just like the motivator factor, there's stuff that, that really get under their skin that, that you might have to pay attention to, you know? It might be something within the, uh, the, the leadership or a process that, you know, they might have a different idea, but just them sharing the idea with you and you listening to them and then do something about it, it means the world to them. So yeah, motivator factor, it could be anything, uh, but it is our job to identify it and we got to talk to these guys daily. 
And, you know, I'm also curious to see what your outlook is on the current state of hiring. You know, a lot's been changing for us as an industry over the past few months. As a nation, we've been, you know, figuring all this new stuff out together. And, you know, there are advisors who've been furloughed, looking to move or might have to relocate their family to be closer to other family. There's a whole bunch of stories I see coming in from the different advisors we work with, which I'm sure affects the state of hiring. So from your perspective, especially in Orlando, how has it been hiring? Is there an influx of people? Has it been, you know, are people not applying for jobs? How are the candidates been just in general? Like what is your outlook? Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I thought that we were going to get flooded with applications uh, because of what's going on around us, but it's not really been the case. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot, it takes a lot of uh, thinking outside the box. Uh, do not necessarily look for just advisors to apply. Uh, we got we to gotta look a little bit further than that. Uh, like I mentioned before, people with that energy, uh, somebody that's been on the retail, uh, somebody that's IT, whatever it may be, it's all about personality. Uh, cannot stress that enough. I know I mentioned that before, but personality, the energy, um, to make sure somebody that, that wants to make a career out of this, that's, that's the person that you're looking to hire. Somebody that, that takes their job seriously and, and, and they have a for themselves, uh, develop themselves. You know, there's, there's several skills that you can develop as a service advisor if you have the right attitude. Um, just got to have that, that high energy, uh, show up, smile, uh, make sure you listen to, to your customers, uh, you know, make sure that, that they, feel, they feel at ease when they're talking to you, uh, that you can have a real conversation with them about their vehicle, and that they feel comfortable with you. I mean, it, I, I don't believe it takes an advisor that's been doing this for five, ten years. Uh, it just needs somebody that, that they really want to help people. You know, they really want to do that job because they love it, not just for the paycheck. Uh, seems like the advisors are the people that are just looking for the paycheck. They don't they get burned out uh, pretty quickly. I see. Um, I know we're kind of at the end here and I wanna have some time for some Q and A. So the last question I'll ask you before we open it up to audience questions is for the managers and directors who are listening in right now, what advice do you have or hiring lessons you've learned that you can share with the group? Um, I think uh, just you gotta make sure you, you when you're doing the hiring process and you sit down in front of them, just watch everything they're doing. Um, not so much about the experience. Again, it's, it's the eye contact, uh, the body language, how easy that person can carry a conversation. And, you know, make sure I think it's key and it's something that we didn't used to do. And once, once we started doing it, we, we also got the attention from a lot of the uh, guys and gals that we interview is make sure you have a written career path. What is it going to look like for that person before you hire them six months from now, uh, a year from now, two years from now? You know, what is it, the skills that they got to be developed in order to get under? Uh, because as we know, there's a lot of money to be made as a service advisor in this industry. Uh, but a lot of the advisors, even before they get the job, once they get into the job, they feel lost. They, 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 they don't know what their way is. Um, they don't know how to move up to the next level. It's kind of a, hey, here's your pencil, your pen. 
that's your computer, good luck, figure it out. And you, I, we could do better than that. You know, we can definitely do better than that. Um, I think, again, training is key. And make sure you, you develop a career path for them. What is it going to look like? Uh, what, is, what will be the role in that leadership two years from now? You know, could you be a leader for your group? I mean, possibly, you know, but we got to make sure we provide that career path for them to go and, and go get it, you know, and develop their skills. Francisco, that's some real talk. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to get some questions in from the audience. We already have two of them that came through my private chat. Um, for those of you listening in, go ahead and take this opportunity to ask Francisco any questions you might have, whether it's from the perspective of being an advisor or the perspective of being a service manager or director. Um, one of the questions that did come in was, if you've ever run a competition with your advisors, do you have a favorite or most effective competition you've run? I got, I got a couple of them. Um, effective, I will say uh, probably when I run the CP growth per repay order, uh, just just because of the competitive juices from these guys. Um, you know, we rank them, and that's a daily ranking, and, and these guys, they don't want to be on the bottom. Uh, you know, you see, I'm not the guy that's going to write them on green and red. There's no need for that. Um, if they're on the bottom, they'll – easily see that they're on the bottom, uh, but it just brings the competitive juices, you know, not in a bad way. Uh, always keep on the back of your mind that you got to review our roles to make sure that everything is, 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 um, is getting flat correctly and charged correctly. Uh, but, but I mean, I think that's a huge incentive when we do higher CP uh, growth per repair order. And, and the second one that the guys love is a uh, quick example. We run, I believe it was an alignment beam penetration contest. Uh, probably last year, and um, the contest was that they were to drive a brand new Jaguar, I believe, for a weekend. You know, we pay for it, and we have a partnership along with Enterprise. Probably only cost us about one hundred and five dollars. Wow. I mean, it's, it's but what it meant for the advisors of driving a cool car, expensive car that they don't have, it meant the world to them. You know, and you know, we rented the car from Friday, and they'll return it back on Monday. And, so, and that, 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 that really meant a lot to them. It was fun. It was effective. And then we really, the guy really had a good time with it. That's, I think that's the key. You got to make sure it's something that the guys are going to buy into and they're going to have fun. They're going to have a lot of fun while doing it. Uh, the job beat us up enough every day, right, with all the issues, the repairs, and the customers. You got to find a way to have fun on that service drive. You got to have something for these guys to wake up every morning and, and and look something up to. I mean, it could be something as easy as a competition, but, but you know, talk to the guys. I'll say um, share ideas with the service advisors, and they'll tell you exactly what they're looking for, you know. Not so much for the reward, but what do you guys want to compete with? You know, rather is presentations, should we do role plays? You know, just, just got to find something that, that makes them go and, and, and have fun on the service drive. Why not, man, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I love the exotic car for the weekend. Did you guys have the Jaguar sitting at the dealership on Friday? So whoever won took it right there? Yes, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, the whole idea behind that is we obviously we'll call them ahead of time. Uh, we'll let them know, hey, you know, we got this going on with the service advisors. Uh, can you make sure that, you know, this is going to happen? And uh, yeah, I mean, they helped us a lot through it. And whatever day the service advisor decided that Friday, 
we had them come to the dealership, obviously get the vehicle detail and all that, mm-hmm. uh, bring it over to the dealership, and they'll do the check-in right there with a the tablet. They'll drop off the key, and we'll see you Monday. I love that. That's a lot of fun. I, I know I'd get a kick out of that. Um, one of the other questions that came through is, um, for service advisors, what advice do you have to help them step up their game? Um, you know, it's a combination of things. I will say first, you got to have, uh, you got to be ready. Be ready for your customers. Be prepared. Um, I mean, most of us, most of the advisors, they have, uh, you have an appointment log. You know, just take a quick look at it. Look at the history. Um, see if you remember the customer. Make sure you know something about that car that you can carry a conversation with that customer. Uh, make sure you dress professionally, right? Um, make sure that, um, that you, can, you can communicate with these customers, not talking down to them as, as of they don't know what's going on with the car and you're there to teach them. But it's got to feel like a friendship that you're having with the customer so you can, they can let that guard down. Um, other than that, you know, it, it's a service advisor job. Uh, I mentioned that several times before, it is a career. So you got to make sure you got to spend time to develop your own skills. You know, uh, your dealership might have a career path for you. They might have a training program. They may not, but guys, ultimately it's up to you. Uh, you got to develop your own skills. Um, you got to get better. Um, it's, you know, it doesn't mean that, um, because you write a lot of growth, uh, that you have reached your limit. There's a lot of stuff, and so there's a lot of new skills that you can develop as a service advisor to move off to the next level. And, you know, I, I think I see a lot of guys not having that passion, unfortunately, uh, because I think that's all it takes. If you come in open-minded, having that passion of uh, you want to develop yourself uh, in your career, you're definitely going to succeed. Good uh, wise words, parting wisdom before we let everyone get back to their evening. But um, Francisco, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate your time, sharing your expertise. And, uh, you know, we we'll, would love to have you on again for uh, another one of our uh, episodes of Real Talk. Um, uh, any shout outs or anything you want to say to the audience before we uh, wrap up here? Uh, no, I mean, thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure. I would love to come back and see you guys. Um, now, just stay strong, guys. I know we're dealing with uh, this pandemic right now that, unfortunately, we were not trained on. Uh, we didn't have any uh, past experience about this, uh, but we're in this together. Uh, I have met a lot of peers and other directors that ha- have helped me through it. Talk to other people. Just share ideas. See what's going on out there uh, because we need to do what it takes to accommodate our business to the customers. And right now it's not the normal that we used to. We really got to think outside the box. Um, so yeah, just, just stay strong guys. We're going to get through this and, and you know, we're just going to be a better industry after this. Uh, yeah, just want to, you know, uh, send a shout out to everybody at the dealership. Obviously my mentor, uh, Tom Kane, he has guided me through the, you know, through the ups and downs of the, the industry. And, and he has teached me a lot. Uh, over the years that um, has really opened my eyes with this industry and look at things a little bit differently. Awesome. 
Uh, Francisco, thank you so much for your time. For those of you on the line, next time you're in Orlando, Florida, be sure to stop by Universal Hyundai. Say hello to Francisco. And also, you can catch all of our episodes of Sunbit Real Talk on Anchor.fm, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Just look us up, Sunbit Real Talk. I'm Adrian Valente. We will see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much.